I'm not saying that everybody should want to quit their nine to five. Absolutely not. You, I hope you love your job. I hope you love your life, but I also hope you remember you have every right to choose exactly how you live it. Exactly how you live it. Never, ever, ever think, oh, this is just the way it is. It's not. It's not just the way it is. Your life is your choice and every move you make is because of your own choice and freedom to do so. Don't let anybody take that away from you. Hi, my name is Sarah Boss and you are listening to the What Else Podcast. I'm a chemist turned launch strategist and I help business owners launch their courses, programs, and products so that they can gain influence and get paid. Owning your own business opens the doors for great freedom and opportunity, but it can also bring a lot of self-doubt, overwhelm, and insecurity. On this podcast, we talk about marketing, analytics, and tactile tips to own a business you love, but we can also talk about life behind the desk. We ask the questions, and then we ask, what else? Because we're just nosy like that. Come join us and our many guests as we leverage our businesses to create the life we dreamed of. Hi, guys, and welcome to the What Else Podcast. I hope you're doing really well. Um, Today, I'm going to do a solo episode. And I wanted to do this solo episode because I wanted to talk about um, my journey going into business in more detail. I am a really nosy person. Um, I like to know things. I like to know like the exact details of things. Like I want to know how something was done down to the most boring detail. And so I wanted to share more than I have about how I started my business, the exact things that made it possible, um, what I do now, like what my days look like and what it took to get here. Many of you have probably heard my story, especially if you've listened to episode one, um, what happens after college. I, I go into a little bit of detail about it, but here I want to give the full spiel so you know exactly how this went down and then uh, what I do now to maintain my business. So let's go ahead and get into it. So I'm going to start all the way back to my senior year of college, and I promise this is relevant, and though I want to give all the details, I also don't want to bore you, so I'll make it fast. My senior year, I graduated in 2019 in the spring, and uh, in January, I started looking for jobs, and I graduated with a chemistry degree, and so, but I didn't want to do chemistry at all. Um, I knew I didn't. I really wanted to go into something with marketing or communications or business. And so I was applying for jobs in those sectors. And the reason that you might be asking, you know, why did you do chemistry when you wanted to do business? Well, the reason I did that was because I had done chemistry and or you know, something medical since high school. And I only sort of found my interest in business right before I went to college. And so it was kind of a very sudden change in interest. So when I approached my parents and said, hey, I don't want to do any science. I don't want to go into med school. I want to do, at that point, it was makeup. Um, And they were like, hmm, okay, well, love that. Uh, What if we stayed with chemistry instead of hopping to business, you know, so suddenly, I mean, this was literally like June 
and I was going to school in August. And in this, you know, the reasoning was that I could do a business with a chemistry degree, but I couldn't do chemistry with a business degree. So I kind of held on to that mantra that the entire way through college, because I had, you know, going through college, I, I definitely found my interest lied more in communications and business. But I thought, hey, like having a chemistry degree and applying for, you know, communications and marketing jobs, like they're just going to think that's super impressive. And I had held uh, like communications and business and marketing jobs during school. I, I worked all through college, uh, several different jobs. And so I thought that my resume was super impressive and that the chemistry degree only made me sound smart. Um, I can tell you that that's not the case and that's not how that worked. And I applied for probably over 50 jobs. Like I applied for so many jobs and it got really hard because everyone, or, you know, it seemed like everyone around me was getting jobs. And the two people closest to me, my roommate, who's my best friend and my boyfriend got jobs and my roommate was, um, or is a teacher. So clearly, you know, we are in dire need of teachers and she's a saint and also a phenomenal teacher. So she got a job very quickly and Joseph is an engineer. And so also something in high demand. And they also both studied what they wanted to do. So that made it a lot easier for them. And, but, and I knew that, like, I knew that had nothing to do with me, but in that moment, oh, it hurt so bad. I felt like I had made such a mistake. I remember, I went to Joseph one day and I cried harder than I think I've ever cried. It was like the ugly wailing cry because I was like, I just wasted four years and I made a big mistake and I should have never studied chemistry and blah, blah, blah. So after I kind of got defeated and realized like nobody was going to hire me in marketing jobs, I said, okay, well, let me, you know, this is just the job after college. Let me apply for some chemistry jobs. Maybe I can learn to love it. It's what I studied. Maybe I do love it and I just don't know. I didn't know. I don't I really don't know what I was thinking. But I went. I um applied for a couple chemistry jobs and got one at a pharmaceutical company that I had actually my first year I got a mentor from them with like some program with the school. So it was kind of full circle. Um, to have gone there my first year and then ended up working there after I graduated. And they paid me very well. I, I was a research and development chemist. So I, I, my one goal during the, that spring, I said, I will walk across the stage with a job. I will. I, I told myself, I, no matter what, I will walk across the stage with a job and not just any job, like not like, okay, well, I'll go work at a store. No, like I will walk across the stage with what I considered a big girl job and I would get a nice apartment. Like I wanted the whole thing. And I told myself like I, there was no other option. So that's what I did. Got the job at the pharmaceutical company. I was a research and development chemist. I graduated. I walked across, across that stage. And when anybody asked me about what I was doing after school, I could say, I'm going to be a research and development chemist. And they sounded so impressed. And I associated um, that reaction with being successful. It's the same um, reaction I would get when people asked what I was studying in school, when they were like, oh, what are you studying? And I got to say chemistry. Everybody thought that was so impressive. And I, I, that's what carried me through 100%. 
I mistook being odd, I guess, or or their reaction or, you know, I mistook other people's um, reaction to my degree as that I was doing something right. That didn't pan out well for me. <laughs> I started interning at my job, um, like at the company that I was going to work for in my department. Before I graduated, I went there a couple times a week so that I could go ahead and start training. Because um, obviously there's quite a bit of training that goes into being in a lab. I was grateful for that because I thought, okay, well, maybe I can figure out, you know, if this super, super sucks, like I can just, you know, I'll figure that out in the internship. The internship really didn't show much. So I graduated, I went into my job, into my beautiful, beautiful apartment. It had a perfect location. It was gorgeous. It was so expensive. And I did the thing I I got, you know, I did my job and I would go every day and I was good at it. Like I was, I was good at my job. I was good at picking up what I needed to learn um, very quickly, but I I just knew it was not what I wanted to do. I, I knew it. I don't know when it started deteriorating. It was a very slow um, decline, I guess. I'm a really positive person. And so I think that made it slower. And I also, I think, made it so I was able to mask what I felt very well from even myself. And while I was there, um, I I knew I felt a little off. And so I started working out hard. Um, I was convinced that if I could have the perfect morning routine or something along those lines, like, I don't know, I got really obsessed with personal development. And so, and I, because, I mean, from hindsight, I can say, oh, like, that's why you were obsessed with it because you knew something was wrong. Um, but I got obsessed with personal development. So I wanted the 5 a.m. morning routine. I wanted the reading, um, you know, self-help books. I wanted all of that. And I lived by myself. And so I could eat my own groceries. I became um, vegetarian, which I still like, I'm not a big meat eater. This is so not the point, um, but I'm not a big like meat eater. So, it, but it was just cool that I could like manipulate my own meals and I could cook extremely healthily. Like I was known as the like grass girl <laughs> and I could work out. And I did, I would wake up at 5 a.m., we had a Peloton um, at this apartment complex. So every morning I would wake up and get on the Peloton. And the Peloton was what carried me through in my worst times. I knew that exercise would release endorphins. And so I thought, okay, if I exercise every morning, I can go into work having a great mood and being a beat and kind of start off my day well I don't, I don't know. It made sense to me. So every morning, I mean, I would work out hard. I did cycling and I did weights and I just figured like the healthier I could be, the more happy I could be, which I understand where I was coming from, but also no, I now can see that was my coping mechanism for the beginnings of uh, my anxiety flaring up. Cause I, I don't think anxiety, it's like, I got anxiety at that point. I think it's something that what became more apparent and, and kind of was pushed up front during those months and during that situation. So I, yeah, I tried to exercise at me. And I remember there was one day I was on the Peloton and I was taking, um, Robin Arzon. I think it's Robin Arzon, one of our classes. 
and those are hard. Like if you have a Belladonna or if you've ever done a class with Robin, like she is, she's tough. And I loved her classes and it was a hit class. So it pushed you and then you had to stop and then push you and had to stop. So you'd cycle super hard for like 30 to 45 seconds. And then you would, you know, like it's kind of like a break, like you cycle like pretty slow and like rest for 30 seconds and then you'd go and you stop and you'd go and you'd stop. And so you are literally trying to push your heart rate as far as you can and then make it drop as fast as possible. And hit workouts are great, but that you can imagine the strain that that would put me through and being so emotional and I broke into tears like the last time that she was like, okay, last one. And you pushed. And as soon as I stopped, it's like something broke and I just bawled crying on the bike. It's still dark outside because it's early as hell. And I, I completely broke and I could not figure out, I was like, what is wrong with me? Like I could not put a pin on it, but I knew I wasn't happy. So, I mean, during that time, like I looked into, okay, like maybe I'll start a clothing boutique. And I was sort of going through my head of how to escape. I got very desperate to figure out a way to get out of my job but I had, I now had an apartment that I could only afford with the salary from this job. And I just felt super stuck. And something I don't like feeling is stuck. I hate feeling stuck. So a couple months went by and in uh, September, probably I had my first anxiety attack and I didn't, I didn't know that's what it was. I, I didn't realize I had anxiety and I'd, I'd seen my friends have that. And I still struggle with even saying like, I have anxiety, even though like I want I have gone to the doctor, all the kind of things I, I still struggle to identify with that, um, for my own personal reasons, but I've seen my friends go through anxiety attacks. And I just, I was like, I don't have that until I was literally watching. Um, I think it was like something, the Yaya sisterhood movie. If you've ever seen that, like random, like nothing in that movie should have triggered anything, but I started just crying uncontrollably. I couldn't breathe. I could feel my heart, like in my throat, like it felt like I had been running, but I hadn't, it was so weird. And I called mom and my mom could identify what it was. She's had students that have gone through or I have anxiety. And so she was like, this is what's happening. And I called uh, my best friend who came over who has anxiety. And so she was able to like know what to do. Um, it was, it was a whole thing. And that was the straw that broke the camel's back. I said, okay, that's, that's it. I can't do this anymore. And up until then, I had been, you know, calling my mom and I was like, mom, I have to get out of here. Mom, I have to get out of here. She was like, no, honey, it's okay. It's just your first job. Like it's hard for everybody. This is the world. You, you know, this is how things are. You go to work, you'll find your purpose. It's okay. Like it's not, you know, the life isn't all pretty and flowers, like the nine to five thing. It's just what you do. And I could not, I was like, God, this does not feel right. Like this does not feel like what I have to do for my entire life. And then when I had the anxiety attack, she was like, okay, yeah, let's get you out of here. Like, let's get you home. And at that point, um, she was going through some 
health things. And so I could also sort of justify to myself, like, okay, I'm, yeah, no, I'm not only going home for myself. I'm also going home to be back with my family um, and with her during that time. So I did, I, I left, I quit. Um, and I got somebody to, I couldn't quit until I found somebody to take over my apartment or else I would have had to pay the complex $3,000, which I was prepared to do, <laughs> but I really wanted to get somebody else into that apartment. So I didn't have to. So that's what I did. I switched my lease to somebody else who took my apartment over and then I quit and I left and I moved back home. I had no plan. I didn't know what I was going to do. I just knew that, oh my God, what I was doing was not it. And my, I thought, okay, if I'm going to start over, I might as well start over at 22, which was at that point was, you know, how old I was. So I went back home and I took a break for a little bit before I went and searched for another job because I, I still didn't understand like what I wanted to do. And on a whim, I went to Rise Business, um, which was uh, Rachel Hollis's business conference and she was having it in Charleston. So I said, okay, like I can't miss a conference by Rachel Hollis when it's literally right next to my house. So I didn't, I went, I loved it. That's where I met Kristen who produces this podcast. Just, it's so insane. Like if we could see, if we could talk to ourselves back then and see where we are now, I just, I mean, I would just burst into tears. But at that point, I had no idea what I was doing there. I didn't even in my head think I wanted a business, but I wanted hope. And I thought maybe they could give me the answers or maybe I could learn something that could get me somewhere. So went to Rise Business, learned a lot, loved it. And then right after Rise Business, I started a job at TJ Maxx. Um, I had a previous mentor from when I the days when I did retail. And she said, hey, we got this job open if you want it just while you're figuring things out. And I said, sure. And I knew I was good at retail and I loved working with this woman. So I said, sure. And so I started at TJ Maxx and it's a great company. And I tried... You know, um, I, I I went and I trained even for a management position. Um, if you're an overachiever, you know that you kind of are good at like whatever you're put into because you don't know anything else. And so again, I said, okay, I'm good at this. Maybe this is what I'll do. Maybe I'll run my own store. I knew that's not what I wanted to do, but I had no other ideas. And while I was working, I started reading books like a mad woman. When I say I started reading books, I mean, I, I had this idea that if I could read enough books, I would find the information that I was missing and I would know what to do next. I did all business and money and personal development books. And I thought, okay, if I can walk through other people's lives through their book and learn what they did through their book, then I could subconsciously change something. I could gain the information I needed in order to know what to do next. I want. I I thought that I could climb my way out of where I was through books. So that's what I did. I read, I mean, I read so many books. Like I'm looking at the stack right now. It's in my bedroom and I read so many books and they were so helpful. And that actually came well into use later with the business. Um, I did exactly what I wanted to do. I learned a lot in a very short period of time. Um, and I thought knowledge was freedom. So uh, through reading books, I thought, okay, um, let me look into like freelancing. And so I joined some Facebook groups and one day, I reached out to a guy named Mike King 
And uh, he was answering some questions of others in the Facebook group. And so he seemed to know what he was doing. And I Facebook messaged him and I said, hey, this is who I am. I'm curious about freelancing or what you do. Would you be willing to get on a call with me? So I could just ask you a couple questions of how this works. And he so graciously said, yes, he was so kind. Mike is just a really cool guy. And so he was really sweet. He got on the phone with me and he said, you know what? Like, I think that I know somebody who could help you. Um, I think I I know somebody who might be able to help you a little bit better. Um, There's this woman, she's much more into like freelancing and all that kind of fluffy stuff than I am. I'm more like numbers. Um, I'll give you her contact information and connect you guys. He actually connected me with two women one of them that she handed me a couple of jobs, um, just as almost like a free internship kind of thing. She was trying to teach me a little bit of marketing, which was so great. And then the other one I connected with, and she just said, let's get on a call and chat. So we did. And her name was Lisa Coombs. And I met Lisa and she took me under her wing and said, Hey, like, if you want to work a couple hours a week, um, I'll pay you at that point, it was $25 an hour for a couple times a week um, to help me run my social media for this company I'm trying to build. Uh, if you're interested, you know, get some, get some experience, whatever. And then I'll also mentor you and, you know, help however I can. Well, to me, $25 an hour was like, oh my God, I'm rich. So I did. I helped her a couple hours a week and it was awesome. Oh my God. I loved the work I did with her. I loved the freedom of it. And she um, had her own copywriting agency that she was running. And then she, we were, she was also building a business to help freelancers start their own businesses. And so I got very lucky to meet somebody who was willing to, you know, throw things at me and just let me try it. And then also coach me. And she did once, once I was doing her social media, she realized that I could do a lot more. And so she was like, Hey, let's try this. Let's try this. And she, she would just throw me things. And I said, okay, I'll try it. Like I'll Google it. I will learn anything, you know, whatever you want to throw at me. I got it. I will do whatever it takes and I'll just try it. And so I did. And then shortly after, I mean, maybe, maybe a week or a couple weeks, um, COVID hit the U.S. very hard. And I went to TJ Maxx one day and uh, the lights were off. Um, the, the company had turned all the lights in the stores off and they said it was to save energy. And we knew, like, I, at least I was like, it's not, it's because we're going to close. It's because we're not making enough money and they're trying to save some money through, through the energy. And so I remember walking in that day and I was like, this is going to be the last day I walk out. We're going to shut down. And we did. I uh, got a call the next day that um, TJ Maxx company was shutting down and we were going to be furloughed. And at that point I was like, woo, like this is great. And I didn't realize how long that would be. So I went back home and I said, all right, well, um, hey, Lisa, I, I, you know, I've got my, a lot more time on my hands if you want to throw me some stuff. So she did. Uh, she gave me some little odd jobs and we would meet each week and we, she just, she just let me try anything. Well, then by the time it several, several weeks passed. And by the time TJ Maxx called me back to say, Hey, we're starting back again. I, um, I said, I quit. 
because I was making significantly more than I was at TJ Maxx, which was hard. Like it's a retail job. I wasn't making a ton, but that wasn't an easy decision. It wasn't like a ha, I quit. It was, I mean, I cried. I called my friend because I thought, oh my gosh, this makes me a quitter. I'm quitting another job and I'm not a quitter. I didn't want to be considered a quitter. And I called my friend Lauren and she was like, Sarah, if if you don't do this, like you're dumb, you've been talking about doing something like this in some capacity for as long as I've known you, you have to do this. So (laughs) with her validation, I quit my job at TJ Maxx and started working with Lisa. She was my only client. Um, And I loved that she treated, you know, she called herself my client. She didn't say you work for me. Um, You know, we worked together. She was my client. She taught me about, you know, she let me into some of her calls with her clients. She taught me what it was like to run a business as a freelancer and an entrepreneur and helped me get more clients. And literally like, that's how it took off. I just, she helped me get other clients. I learned more about what I like to do. I narrowed, I got out of the social media thing. Like I still did some social media things for her, but kind of narrowed down um, into like business management. I was helping with strategy for my clients. I did a couple odd things. Um, you know, when, when you're freelancing or you're starting an online business, you're going to hop around and kind of do whatever for a while, um, while you figure out what you want to do and how you want to kind of label yourself in the industry. And now, you know, I went, I narrowed down even more from business management and strategy into launching. And then even more so from that, um, launching digital courses. And that's where I am now. Um, and I have several clients and I'm now creating my own digital products and we're coming on a year from me leaving TJ Maxx and I never imagined I would be here. And I remember when I started my job at the pharmaceutical company and I could not understand why I had to ask somebody else for my own time. Like, you know, like time off, like you ask for time off. I didn't understand that. I was like, why do I have to ask somebody else for my time? Like, it's my life. I couldn't get that through my head and it really bothered me. And it's one of those things that I look back and everything adds up. But back then I just, you know, I didn't understand. I didn't get it. I didn't get where I was coming from. I didn't understand why I felt so different. And now I can see like the books I was reading taught me everything I knew to, you know, up to now. I, I, and I started with my business coach. She was like, how do you know? I don't understand how you know so much when you're so young and when you haven't been in business for at that point, I'd only been in business for like eight months when I met her or something. And I was like, I read books. You don't understand how many books I have read because I thought the faster, like all these people had, had figured this out and had walked through this life. And I, thought every book I read was like walking through their life. And the more lives I could walk through, the faster I could learn, the more I would know, I would have some sort of subconscious understanding of something that would then make my decisions and and lead me to where I needed to be. This was literally my logic. And so all these books helped me develop the business I have now. And I mean, for Lisa, like that's, you know, if you want like, oh, what like made it possible? Lisa absolutely made it possible. And getting one client makes it possible. If you can get one person to pay you for your services, like 
you're done. Like that's your business. And then you can just build off that. That first client is the hardest. And if you can even get somebody who'll mentor you in that way, that was game changing for me. I know, I know that Lisa's the reason why I'm here. And I'm so, so very grateful. And Lisa's also the reason that I realized like why I I wanted to do what I wanted to do and why I want to help people the way I want to help people and why I always had trouble with the nine to five, like, you know, there's nothing wrong with the nine to five life, but I, I was like, something's not right here. Something's missing. There's something in this whole like idea of living to work thing that I was like, or working to live. I don't really, I don't really understand that phrase. I'll be honest. I don't know which one is the good one, which one is the bad one. They both sound bad. Um, <laughs> but the, you know, working almost mindlessly. And Lisa has this motto. She says, um, you know, you need to, as you know, she's, she's mentoring people. Her goal is to help you find work that you love with clients that you like on your own schedule. And the books that I was reading were from people who had created a life that they wanted. They created the life exactly how they wanted to live it. They didn't work if they didn't want to work. They did the things on their own time. They didn't ask for anybody on their own time for their time. They didn't ask permission to do anything. And I was like, that's what I want to achieve. I want to be able to at the like one of my major whys, something that literally makes keeps me grounded keeps me very grateful is that my grandfather will call me he's like hey honey you want to go to lunch and at any time I can drop what I'm doing and go to lunch with my grandfather and I never say no I will never say no because that is a privilege that I get that I can I don't have to ask somebody else if I can go to lunch with my grandfather that's huge for me and then in more so, like if I want to go on vacation, I don't have to ask for that. If I, if I don't want to work, then I build a business by myself on that will allow me to not work. And I want the same thing for my clients. I don't, I real, you know, going into business, I also realized watching my clients, you can go into business, but, and, and it's very easy to build a business that will run you. People go into business for freedom and then they end up building these monster businesses that they can't escape from and that take up so much of their time. They find they're more burnt out than they were at their nine to five and they're working 60 hour weeks. And granted, it's on something that they love, but you can't, my coach has like this thing. She's like, your business can't F up your life. And people build businesses that F up their lives a lot. And that's something that I love helping my clients with because I think, okay, with, with launching their products, with launching their courses, if I can help you achieve a life where you can put down everything and go play outside with your kids, where you can go vacation for a month with your family and you don't have to think about it, where you can now afford to put your kids in that camp they want to be in, like, that's what it's about. And, and courses are what I took several courses during this time. I bought several online courses and I know those courses were integral parts of boosting me to where I am. They're stepping stones. I see them as a path to freedom in the same way that books, I tried to use books as a ladder to get out of this hole. I use these courses and the courses that I built for Lisa and from other clients, I know like that's what they're doing. When you build a course, you're giving somebody, it's like giving a key. You're giving them an opportunity. I enjoy both sides because I'm like, courses are, are not just keys 
for opportunity for your customers. Like, yes, you're teaching them and you're literally saying, Hey, like I got to the other side, here's how I did it so that you don't have to go through the struggle that I did. That's incredible. That's incredible. But it also is the same, you know, it, it's the same opportunity for the person who creates it. Like you're able, that's a digital product. Digital products, I think are the key to freedom in life. I I'm, I'm a huge advocate. If you can tell of freedom of your own life, living how you want to live. And a lot of my clients are like one-on-one, you know, like services, or they do something that's very um, like labor heavy. Um, they, that involves their hand in it at all times. They are probably the sole person that is getting that client's results. And they love what they do and they do it very well, but then that they reach a capacity where like you are literally the limiting factor, you as a person. And so I, with Lisa, you know, she was doing that and we built a digital course and I found, oh my gosh, we're able to build something that people can go through self-paced. We only have to build it once. It's an evergreen product. It's an evergreen learning system. And the more people that go through this course, the more people that are being helped, the more people we went through the course, the more we were hearing stories of these people who had lost their jobs and now we're making more than they had. You know, like it literally what I did, you know, they are just trying to feed their family, especially during, during like the pandemic, you know, this was hope for people and people were able to find other ways to put food on their table. One person I know in particular that's gone through the course and we become very close with her um, she worked a nine to five. She still does. Um, but she, with the course was able to, she made seven K months and then she did 10 K months with her side hustle business. And she loves her, her full-time job. So she stays there, but she negotiated to only go in a few times a week. And then they respect the other days a week that she's working on her business. People are able to pay off their houses. People are able to go on vacation and, and afford things they couldn't before. Like, in my head, when I see the opportunity of the digital products, not just for me, but for, for other people, I'm seeing, oh, oh my gosh, the key, like the door that this opens, this is the key to the life of never working again. I don't believe you should work until you're 50, 65. I'm not into it. If you're a millennial, maybe you're like me, maybe you're not. I feel like we're the generation of like peace. We're going to do it our own way. And that's exactly how I feel. I don't think that you should work until you die. It's just not a thing. And I don't even, you know, I don't know if I'll ever not work, but I want it to be my choice. Like with my business, I'm like, oh, is there a day that I can actually actually put it down? I don't know, but I certainly will create a business where I can. Now uh, we've gotten to a place where Lisa can go on vacation and the business runs without her. And that's something that like we've built together. I've, I've gone through that. Um, I'm very, very great. We still work together today. Um, obviously, I'm very, very close with her. And I'm so proud of that. I'm so proud that she is able to go to the Grand Canyon with her family, that she is able to take a weekend trip to New Orleans, that she is able to go wherever for however long. She could literally go, be gone for four weeks and the business would run without her. That's what I want for every single one of my clients. And no matter how they do business, you can you can build something that can help people and then also give you the opportunity to live your life. I see freedom in business. Let's put it, let's just put it down to that. I see freedom in business. I see freedom through these digital courses, freedom for you and freedom for your customers.
And anybody can build a digital course and you should. If you have knowledge, if you've gone through something, if you have made a path for yourself and you're able to teach that to somebody else, that's such a gift. That's such a gift. I, you know, it's one of those things where like now, you know, I'm I'm on the other side. I've got so much farther to go. But when somebody comes up to me now and, and says, like, how did you do what you did? Like, how are you where you are? I'm like, oh my gosh, let me tell you. I can't, I can't wait to tell people how to do this. This isn't hard. It, you know, it's, it's hard to do it by yourself. It's hard to do it when you don't know how to get there. And I'm sure like anybody, any of you can relate, like think back to something you learned and where you are now. And even in your job or something that you're good at, if somebody were to come to you and say like, how did you do it? You can give them the steps. You can give them the steps to do it. It's the same thing. And I'm like, if I can tell you what to do and then you do it and you can achieve the same type of freedom that I'm going for that I have now, I, you know, there's more that I have to do. I've got so much more that I want to do, but I, it was just a year ago that I was praying. I was crying to be where I am now. And I'm like, it's only been a year. It's only been a year. I did all of this in less than a year. I achieved the life that I wanted in less than a year. I achieved getting to go to lunch with my grandfather just because I want to in less than a year. And I know that I can give that to somebody else. So why the hell would I not? That's, you know, that's why like I'm I'm building my course now. And I'm like, you know what? I've built the course for other people. I want to show other people how they can build their courses because I have seen what it's like for the client to transform, that they have more opportunity. They literally have more revenue. Like, let's be honest, they make more money. More money means more opportunity for their family. They can send their kids to the places they want to go. They can take their family on vacation. They can buy out their husband's job so that their husband doesn't have to work anymore. That's amazing. I've seen the transformation for their clients, for the customers going through these courses. I've seen people quit their jobs. I've seen people achieve dreams that they never thought possible. Why the heck would I not take the opportunity to teach somebody else how to do that? I think you can tell this is really important to me. And I wanted to go through my journey so that I wanted to give the realistic expectation, the realistic details on how like step-by-step how I got here, graduated, had a job. It sucked. I quit, met Lisa, took opportunities, read a lot, and now I'm here. It's dominoes that fell in the right place. And I want to put those dominoes where you need them. Say, hey, like all these things, step one, step two, step three, and then make them all fall down and you got it. This is really important to me. And I hope that from this story and from, you know, me talking about that kind of freedom that I, I want to achieve, maybe that has inspired you. Everybody's life is different. I'm not saying that everybody should want to quit their nine to five. Absolutely not. You, I hope you love your job. I hope you love your life, but I also hope you remember you have every right to choose exactly how you live it. Exactly how you live it. Never, ever, ever think, oh, this is just the way it is. It's not. It's not just the way it is. Your life is your choice and every move you make is because of your own choice and freedom to do so. Don't let anybody take that away from you. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. We really got deep today. Um, I'm sitting here in my room and I'm, I'm like, wow, what a whirlwind of 
of those last few minutes, but I'm so glad I got to share that with you. And if you have any questions or, um, you know, you're struggling, you can always DM me. Um, my Instagram is at Sarah E. Boss. Um, if you're new, my last name is B-A-U-S, even though it is uh, pronounced like boss. Um, and I would love to chat with you there. I hope you have a fantastic week. I hope you always remember that every day is a new day for you. Every day is a day that you can make into whatever you want. I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye guys. Thank you so much for listening to the What Else podcast. And if you liked this episode, then I've got a small to-do list for you. Uh, first of all, go ahead and screenshot this episode right now and post it on your Instagram stories and tag me at Sarah E. Boss. And I can go ahead and repost your post and that helps others find the podcast as well. And give me a review on Apple Podcasts. That is a huge help with letting others find the podcast and also become best friends. So don't be selfish. And finally, if you want to subscribe to my blog to get even more content, you can at sarahebossblog.com. All right, guys, I will see you in the next episode.